Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode, number 69 of Flip It or Skip It, we're going to be talking about postcards. Postcards. Now, that's that's a popular topic. I see postcards everywhere. Uh, there are a lot of postcard collectors around. It's kind of a fun hobby. I, I have an attraction to postcards, too. In fact, there are some antique stores that I go into that have extensive collections of postcards. And I can sit there and go through their cards for hours. Yeah. Until my wife drags me out by what I have <laughs> left of hair. <laughs> well, treasure hunting, they're always, you always run across them. You can't help right. it. But if you go to the bigger shows like Scott's in Atlanta or the Extravaganzas or any of the big shows, there will be the dealers. That's all they sell. And they have them actually either some type of alphabetized system where they'll be by state or they'll be by people or, you know, towns and cities. And it's amazing how thousands and thousands of postcards can develop into a categorized type of system that these very professional sellers have. I'm a bit amazed at how organized some of these dealers are. Of course, these days you can build a database and cross-reference, you know, if you have a, a postcard of, I don't know, Atlanta in 1900 that has horses in it, you could break that down into description of uh, Atlanta 1900 horses and whatever else is in there and reference in three ways. But when I would sit and go through these these cards and at the antique dealers, they weren't quite that sophisticated. They would have them separated, but I'd still have to sit there with this long file box and flip through the cards individually to find something that, that appealed to me. I, I'm not a collector and uh, much of a collector anymore, but postcards and ephemera in general have always been one of my very favorite things to pick mm -hmm. uh, because if you're buying in bulk, what's it? Will Seipel, the CEO of WorthPoint, says buy in bulk, sell one at a time. I mean, he can go into sales and just buy boxes and boxes of ephemera and then sort it and list it and, and so on. But if you're, if you're buying in bulk like that, you can get the price of individual items down to next to nothing and then sell them for a pretty good profit. And they don't take up a lot of room. It's not like being a, a furniture dealer or a musical instrument dealer or a book dealer. Ephemera doesn't take up a lot of space, and it's pretty profitable to do. So if I were to reinvigorate my uh, flipping business, now I just piddle at it. But if I were to really get serious about it, I think I would deal exclusively in ephemera. And postcards would be a big part of that. Sure. It's interesting when I first um, started on eBay and got into it, I don't know, a couple, maybe the first year in, I actually was a postcard collector 
because of um, traveling or Girl Scouts mainly. Mm -hmm. um, some of my fellow Girl Scout Girl Scouts, we would exchange postcards and we would send mm -hmm. postcards to each other from wherever we traveled. And, you know, little, I'm not talking about world travel, <laughs> I'm talking about, <laughs> you know, from Chicago to the suburbs or something. Right. Saw interesting postcards, we would send them to each other. And the girls would always send them to me as a, the leader. So right. they would send postcards to me. And it was a fun little Girl Scout little hobby that we did. And when I got into eBay, for fun, I put an ad on my me page um, mm -hmm. on eBay, and I said, uh, my family and I have a fun hobby of collecting postcards. If you'd like to send me a postcard, and then I had a P.O. box, and I actually had that on my me page. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't believe the postcards that I got from, really? <laughs> from fellow eBay people. And one lady got very carried away, and I don't know to this day who she was, but she traveled all over the world, and she found me on eBay, and she faithfully sent me postcards. I mean, at least 10, 15 a month. Wow. And she just picked that up from my eBay me page. And finally, I mean, I wanted to tell her to stop because she was sending me so many postcards. It was like, and she would just write, hello, we're having fun in whatever, you know, place they were at. And hmm. I still have them. It would be interesting to figure out who the heck this lady was that sent me all these cards, but I still have them. I, I have shoe boxes and shoe boxes full of personal postcards that I've saved from all the Girl Scouts and, and people like her that, mm -hmm. that sent them. I haven't had a chance to go through them yet because I also have a box of postcards that someone gave me that are very old from the early 1900s, late 1800s. And I have, I think only six of those listed right now, but they're so fun to go through. Mm -hmm. They really are, but they are a time suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, it takes time to sort through them. So, yeah. You know who, like you mentioned, Will Seipel, um, he has over 3,000 postcard listings in his eBay store right now. Really? Yes. I haven't seen his store recently. Yes. If you just type in, it's Will's, W I L L S, the number one, the letter N. And four, right? The number four. So Will's one and four. Hmm. Three thousand. Wow. Yeah. So it's interesting to go look at his because he has some very high end, high dollar postcards, and mm -hmm. they're they're very interesting. Now on my eBay store, when I was researching postcards the last time, I started noticing that certain stamps would bring more money on the postcards. Sure. But this brings up the you know uh, an entire <laughs> discussion of what are these cards worth when you're buying them and how you're going to price them when you sell them. Well, this this is the thing. So there's so much more to the research in a postcard than there is to the other things that we've talked about on podcasts. Right. Because you've got the stamp. You've right. got how it's signed, right? The type of um, where it's where it was sent from, who it was sent to, 
also the picture or what kind of graphic is on it. Mm -hmm. It could fall into a holiday category. It could fall into a city or a town. If you just go to eBay and you look at the category options on postcards, paper, that area, you'll be blown away on cities, towns, and, you know, the different categories alone. Mm -hmm. So postcards, a lot of times will fall into the option of adding two categories, which will help increase your odds for a sale. So, you know, you want to keep that in mind as well. Now, when you go into, let's say, an estate sale or yard sale or something, and you find shoeboxes full of postcards, do you have a system for analyzing those? For example, I have a system when I go in and I'm shopping for records. We talked about my system when we did the episode on 78 RPM records. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I have something similar that I used for for postcards. I'm wondering if you do. Well, not I don't have other than thumbing through them quickly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I look through them quickly and then I try to see if what the years and the the average, you know, dates are and that kind of thing. And then I'll pull a few out and take a look at um, the condition And how yellowed are they? Are they, you know, have little chewed on corners from termites or something (laughs) or or creatures that have been in storage? But and then if people are greedy and they're asking, you know, five dollars a postcard, it's going to be tough to get them to sell you a box, a shoe box. Right. But you can ask, you can ask and say, how much would you give, you know, how much, what's your best price on if I just take all of these? Cause I don't have time to look through these right now and give right. them, you know, that kind of a story. Right. I find that if someone wants five bucks a card, they have delusions of grandeur. <laughs> yeah. Because I would never pay. First of all, you if you're a collector and there's lots of interesting cards, maybe five bucks is okay. But for a flipper, yeah, you know, absolutely. Oh, we're looking at, at change, <laughs> you know, something under a well under a dollar per card, a dime a card, something like that. If you're going to buy a, a bunch of them, but then as far as sorting goes, the very first thing I do is I'll flip through them and see if they're postmarked or not. Okay. Because there are folks who collect postcards that have been used, uh, you know, that are postmarked. It's completed its function in the real world. It's been bought. Someone has written something on it. They've mailed it. It's been postmarked. These days, there are a lot of folks who collect postcards that are essentially pictures. When I was traveling on uh, cruise ships as an auctioneer, I bought postcards at every port and send them to various you know, friends and family members and most of them to my wife. And those were fairly expensive. You know, if you go into a, a, a tourist seaport, uh, you're going to pay five bucks, $10 for, for a brand new postcard. But the older postcards are worth more. And one of the ways that you can tell how old a postcard is, is by looking at the postmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can get a good idea of, 
of the age from that. I'll buy things in the 60s and 1960s and earlier. I, I don't tend to buy anything from the 80s up. They're too new in my opinion. But once I, I have checked whether it's postmarked or not, the postmark gives me a good idea of what the age uh, of the postcard is. Okay, Dana, this is a good place to pause for a word from our sponsor. So let's take a break and we'll be right back. Hey, eBay sellers, it pays to know what you've got and what it's worth. That's why you need WorthPoint. WorthPoint.com is the world's largest resource for pricing antiques and collectibles with millions of items, photos, and sold for prices. With their free mobile app for iPhone and Android, you can carry the power of WorthPoint right in your pocket, wherever you go. For a seven-day, seven-look-up free trial, go to worthpoint.com. Okay, we're back. Yours truly, Wayne Jordan and Dana Crawford. And we're talking about finding and flipping postcards. Let's pick up where we left off. Uh, there are other ways to determine the age of, of a postcard. When postcards first became popular, this was in the 1890s, uh, you know, late uh, 19th century, they were a picture postcard was had the picture on one side and it was plain on the back. So you could write whatever you wanted on the back and put a stamp on it and mail it off. But they weren't divided. Remember, you know, most postcards these days have the picture on one side, you flip it over to the back, and it's got a line down the middle so that you can put the name and address and the stamp and everything on the right side and have a little bit of room on the left-hand side to write. And those didn't become in common usage until after World War I. So if you look at a postcard and it doesn't have that divider in the back, you know it's probably pre-World War I. Uh, if it's got the divider, it could they're still banking those today, but you know it's after World War I. The quality of the picture makes a big difference. After World War II, postcards started to be made in color. Before that, they were black and white uh, for, for the most part, not exactly black and white as we think of it today. They were kind of a sepia-colored, brownish tone. But the quality of the picture and the color of the picture uh, is important. So that's another good way to date a postcard. So if I look at a box and the first thing I'll do is look at the the postmark, see, see if it's uh, been mailed. I'll take a quick look at the stamp, but I'm not a stamp guy and I don't make my decisions based on the stamp, mm -hmm. although I've probably shot myself in the foot a few times in that regard. But I'll look at the, the postmark and then try to determine the age. And then after that, I want to know what, what's it about? Is it a subject postcard? Does it have people or events or holidays or something like that? Or is it of a, of a city? And generally speaking, unless it's a very old photograph of a city, small towns are worth more because they didn't have as many printed. So if it's got a picture of a small town on it, I'm interested. If it's got a picture of a hobby or particular style of dress or anything that denotes an era, I'm interested. The other thing I'll look at is if it's signed. And uh, it doesn't necessarily mean signed in ink by the artist, although you do find those. Now, if a card is signed in ink by the artist, 
you're not really looking at the value in the card. You're looking at the value in the autograph. Cards that are signed are typically what's called, it's like a like an art print, plate signed, where uh, the printing plate has the artist's signature on it, and it gets transferred to the card. And then, of course, you know, condition. If it's all of those things are in place, better condition is good. Although I've been known to buy slightly ragged-looking cards that have great subjects and, and are older. And you know what the post office does to mail? It, the, the, these mechanical sorters, they don't always make it through in great shape. But uh, that's the way that I look at it. Just got those five things that sure. that I'll use to consider. And uh, that system has served me well. But I hate to go in and look at a great big bunch of everything. And I dread the thought of going through them all one by one. So I'll just spot check to just get a feel for what's there. Mm-hmm. And then make up my mind what I, what I might want to pay for it. One thing I wanted to mention, I bought... I had so many postcards at one point that they were, when I researched them, they were not as valuable. So I actually bought the sleeves that hold the postcards and you slide them in. And then I put them in a binder. And then I took a picture of as many as I could showing, um, I think it was, I don't know. I don't remember. This was a couple of years ago that I did this and it worked. And I did get over a hundred dollars for that binder of postcards. So that's something to think about. If you have a a large collection, presentation is everything. Then just putting, taking a picture of a shoebox full of postcards, put them in a binder and let them, you can put two on each little sleeve, one facing the front, one facing the back. And it makes that more desirable. The time that I would I would actually be in the mood to look at the collection of, you know, the antique dealer or the postcard dealer that has them all in order. It's overwhelming when you see tables and tables of postcards. But what I would do is I would would go look at the foreign postcards from China, from, you know, other countries. If you, if you, um, foreign countries. If you look at just for fun, go to eBay and type in postcard, not with an S, just postcard and highest price first, the linen postcards that are postmarked from China are actually selling for the most amount of money. Right now. Right now. So I would definitely, um, our next treasure hunt is in Hamburg, New York at the world's largest yard sale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely going to be on the lookout for China postcards. And I think that um, the linen, and I, I've actually sold a few linen ones. And and so it, it's also, it can be helpful to even feel and touch those postcards to see if you think it's linen or paper or what, what kind of quality it is and if it right. has that fade that fade factor, right? the aged look. <laughs> well, linen postcards became popular in the 30s, 30s, 40s, 50s. You, you saw them a lot. I have sold, it was a pullout postcard that we opened up a postcard book. Right. And when you opened it up, it was like a souvenir you would get that would show 
you know, the Capitol building and all of the items from the area. The one that I recently sold was a, a postcard book that opened up and it was actually markets in um, California, mm -hmm. like not meat market, but like fruit market and different right. types of markets were that were in this little area. I can't remember where it was from, but it was the coolest postcard. And I probably had it on for a year before somebody finally bought it, mm -hmm. but I did get $30 for it. And it came with the original envelope that was very thin paper and the postcard slid into it. And it was probably about a five by three size postcard book booklet. Right. That uh, what you just said triggers a, a thought about being a dealer in postcards. You said you had that card up for a year. Do you have any recollection what you paid for that card? I know that I bought it in a box lot. So right. pennies on the dollar. Pennies. Okay. I, you know, most of our listeners know that I, I'm an auctioneer. I come from a, a retail, brick and mortar retail background. I own, own stores. And one of the big concerns in running a store is what's called inventory turnover. You want to maximize your return on investment in general. The faster you turn your inventory, the better your return on investment. But postcards and ephemera is one of those things that is so inexpensive to acquire that you can post them on eBay and they can sit there for a long time. You don't have to sweat the return on investment because when they do sell, the profit can be significant. And you don't need to worry about posting, say, like, well, 3,000 uh, items that you may have paid uh, pennies for or under a dollar, you can put them there and just, just let them sit because you know your return is going to be pretty good. So it's a it, that's one of the few things that I would be comfortable putting on eBay and just leaving. You're absolutely right. And it's also the perfect item to have if you're an RV seller or, you know, a traveler, because you can take them with you. Exactly. They're inexpensive to ship mm -hmm. and easy. One other thing that I happen to think of that I wanted to mention is be on the lookout for photograph postcards. Sure. Now they're slightly different than picture postcards because all postcards have a picture. Photograph postcards were the original postcards, and they are actual photographs made one at a time in, in, a, in a dark room that are intended to be sold one at a time and used for postcards. So if you see something in an album that looks like someone just stuck a picture in there, take it out and look on the back, see if it's got a stamp or a postmark or uh, you know, a little note or something, because that may be a postcard as well. And those are worth a fair amount of money because they weren't mass produced. Okay, Dana, the clock on the wall says it's time to end this episode. So it's been nice. Um, I'm going to have to go back in and sort through my postcards. and Right. Trip down memory lane looking at these things. And when you're up in uh, Hamburg at the treasure hunt, send me a postcard. Thanks, Wayne. It was great talking about postcards. I, I just love doing this show with you, and I look forward to many more down the road. Well, good. Me too. All right, Dana. Bye-bye.
Bye. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint.com.